He is risen. Easter and Christmas are the two most attended celebrations in the church. And this stands in contrast with the original events. On Christmas, other than the Holy Family and a few relatives, only the shepherds were aware that the Savior of the world had been born in Bethlehem. Easter adds mystery to privacy. On Easter, only a few people see the risen Christ, and those who see him do not even recognize him until Jesus gives them eyes to see. In the Gospel, Mary Magdalene looked right at Jesus, but didn't recognize him until Jesus spoke her name. Later on Easter Day, Jesus appeared to two men on the road to Emmaus. He walked with them for seven miles, but they did not recognize him until, as St. Luke tells us, Jesus took bread, blessed, broke, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they knew him. The final Easter Day appearance was in the upper room on Easter night. Jesus entered through locked doors and the disciples were afraid. They didn't know who it was until he said, peace, and showed them his hands and his side. And St. John tells us, then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. There was a large crowd on Good Friday, but Easter was an invitation only event. It is curious that Jesus, having conquered every enemy and become Lord of all, didn't appear to all those who conspired to kill him and say, how do you like me now? This reveals something about the resurrection and the gospel. Until the day of judgment, when everyone will see him, the risen Christ can only be seen by those who have the gift of faith, to see and believe. This calls to mind something Jesus said in Luke chapter 10, verses 21 and 22. I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was thy gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. And no one knows who the Son is except the Father, or who the Father is except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. The mystery of Revelation highlights a paradox. Jesus told the apostles to go make disciples of all nations. He said that they would be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and unto the ends of the earth. But Jesus also said, many are called, but few are chosen. And narrow is the gate and difficult is the way that leads to life. And there are few who find it. The Anglican missionary Leslie Newbigin wrote a book entitled The Open Secret. 
and this title captures the essence of the paradox. The resurrection is not hidden. It is a fact of history proclaimed by the New Testament. The church is the body of the risen Christ, the visible evidence of the resurrection in all the world. Yet only a small percentage of the global population really sees the risen Christ and follows him. The contrast between the way the gospel is open and the way it is a secret can be illustrated by the contrast between a product and a relationship. Products are marketed to us. They promise to meet our needs and desires. They are easy to buy and provide immediate satisfaction. <clears throat> but relationships are hard. We have to listen and respond to the voice and will of another person. Sometimes we don't like what that person says. Sometimes we don't want to do it. Sometimes initial infatuation gives, term, gives way to longer-term disappointment. Crowds followed Jesus because he met their needs and desires, but crowds thinned as the implications of the gospel became clearer. For example, Jesus said in Luke's gospel, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. Some must have wondered what happened to the free food and the healings. Jesus doesn't make discipleship hard just to mess with us. Rather, the human malady of sin and separation from God can't be healed with ointment and a Band-Aid. Fallen human nature wants a quick and easy fix. Fallen human nature likes to blame other people and things <clears throat> and focus its attention on fixing things out there somewhere. This helps us to ignore the parts of the problem that resides in our own hearts. There's much talk about what ails the church in our time but the diagnosis is not that hard to make. Our consumer and activist culture has turned Jesus into a helper who will meet my needs or an advocate who will fight for my causes. Through the anxiety and noise of the marketplace and the protest, few are able to see the risen Christ and hear him when he says, follow me. On Easter, we remember our baptism because we are forgetful people. What are we remembering? Colossians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13 describes what happened in baptism. It says, you were buried with Christ in baptism, in which you were raised through faith, in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your trespasses, he is made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. On Easter, we remember that our sins are forgiven. Easter is about grace. The grace of Easter 
can only be received by those who know they failed, those who recognize the disorder of their own hearts. Most of the people Jesus appeared to on Easter had, in some sense, abandoned him on Maundy Thursday or Good Friday. But Jesus died for them. In fact, Jesus died for all the people who killed him. This is why a good Lenten preparation for Easter will always include some measure of failure. The truth is that we have all treated Jesus like a product or an advocate for my cause. We have all ignored commandments when they are not convenient. But even though we have left undone what we ought to have done and done what we ought not to have done, Jesus still died for us and still calls us, all of us, to the feast. As St. John Chrysostom said in his famous Easter sermon, if any have toiled from the first hour, let them receive their due reward. If any have come after the third hour, let him with gratitude join the feast. And he that arrived after the sixth hour, let him not doubt, he too shall sustain no loss. And if any delayed until the ninth hour, let him not hesitate, but let him come too. And he who arrived only at the eleventh hour, let him not be afraid by reason of his delay. For the Lord is gracious and receives the last, even as the first. First and last alike, receive your reward. Rich and poor, rejoice together. Sober and slothful, celebrate the day. You that have kept the fast and you that have not, rejoice today, for the table is richly laden. Feast royally on it. The calf is a fatted one. Let no one go away hungry. Partake all of the cup of faith. Enjoy all the riches of his goodness. But may this grace be for us not just the end of Lent or an Easter obligation or something to consume and forget. Instead, let us pray for the faith to see the risen Christ in a new way and follow him as true disciples. As St. Paul exhorts us in the Easter epistle, set your mind on things above and not on things on the earth, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. He is risen 